Hello, everybody. It's your host, Jack Healy. And today on the Gotham Sports Machine, we're talking New York baseball with my co-host, Mark Healy. And today, our guest, Kevin Kernan, a former columnist at the New York Post for the past 23 years. And he's now writing one of the best baseball columns at Ball9.com. How are you doing today, Kevin? Doing great, Jack. Yeah, it's great to hear your voice, Kev. Uh, great. Uh, I, I, we haven't seen each other in a while, and it's uh, it's great to hear your voice, my friend. Yeah, well, you know, it's I'm living down here in St. Augustine, Florida, in Free, Florida. Very, very uh, nice, uh, nice place. Go to the beach often, relax. Got some good neighbors and uh, just hanging out and staying in touch with baseball, doing a lot of baseball writing, and uh, uh, Ball 9 is taking off a little bit, and a lot of podcasts and interviews and uh, also doing something. Uh, I'll give a quick plug now for Aaron Rodgers' new website, Online Sports Database. And uh, I've done it like three three pieces for them and they're real happy with it. So I got enough to keep me busy down here. I'm sure you have a lot of uh, that. All that busy has to do with the trade deadlines, all these moves and I'm sure many more moves in the coming days are going to happen. And hopefully one of those is the Mets because they need a starting pitcher. If I have, if all these people want Chris Bryant, Chris Bryant, we don't need hitting right now. We need a, another solid arm because all these guys are getting hurt. Who do you think that the Mets are, do you think they're going to make a big splash or small, like try to make a smaller splash with one of these arms? Because they said they're going for another one. Yeah, I think they'd like to make a big splash, but we'll see what happens. You never know on these trades because you don't know what teams are willing to give up. That's that's the X factor. So I don't get locked into – I'm not a – you know, I've never been one to guess this trade or that trade. I let them happen, and then I react to them. Um, I think the Mets uh, – I, I don't want you guys to get upset with me, but I, I, I've been saying quite often now that the Mets – for a while now that the Mets, the Mets have some deep problems. I mean, they've been, they've been uh, mass – by the uh, division, but the Mets, the Mets really, uh, you know, to John Walker, the way, way he's pitching now is a mess. The Grom, we don't know. My guess with the Grom fellows is that when you've had that many things um, with your arm, and when you want to come back, you want to come back and not go off again. So they're going to be super, super sure to Grom. It's still, uh, to me, the hundred mile per hour thing. These guys are all a little crazy. It's too much. It's too much. I don't care what you say. And just dial it back a little bit and be successful. So you're right. They need a pitcher. We'll see who they get. Uh, a lot of good ones out there. We'll see. Um, you know, I think the Rockies are really looking to uh, uh, trade anybody that they can. The, the kid in Texas is good. Uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of good pitchers. But the Mets, I, I, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit, Jack. I think they need hitting, too. And um, um, they, they need both. I'm going to throw a couple things at you. The 29th in runs. Uh, they yep. scored 389 runs. Uh, LA's number one with 534 runs. And I'm a doubles guy. Just so you understand a little about me. You know, I played baseball through college. I, um, I understand game, the game different than most writers. I can read through the, you know, the, through the BS. I, so I don't accept the BS. And uh, there's one stat that's always important to me. Always important to me. Doubles. And, uh, you know, to me, doubles is, shows me you're hitting, you're going line to line, you're hitting the gaps. The Mets are 28th in doubles. The Yankees are 29th. No surprise there. And here's the scary part. With runners in scoring position, 
like I think the Mets are 25th and the Yankees are right at the bottom too. So, so it's, they, they better, they better start, you know, putting Conforto's had an off year. They better start putting the ball and play more and they're going to have to get more length from the starters. Miguel was a good pickup, uh, you know, picking him up in the minor leagues. My scout friends told me early on that he was going to be successful. Uh, maybe they got another arm down there. I don't know, but they certainly need more arms. You know, they, they, they did a good job, I thought, Kevin, um, of, of providing some depth this offseason. But now the depth is gone. You know, uh, Peterson's hurt. You know, hopefully they get Carrasco back. He's supposed to be their starter tomorrow. I don't know what we're going to see. Um, but you're right. They, they need hitting, too. And I, I'm a lot like you, Kev. I like line drives. You know, I like hitters with running and scoring position. Uh, you know, today's game uh, is so over-reliant on analytics. And when I hear people say things like RBIs don't matter, uh, hitting with runners in scoring position doesn't matter. Right, um, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how does it matter? The runs matter. Wins matter. And you don't win games if you don't score runs. I don't, you know, I don't care, you know, if you want to pick apart somebody's, you know, and look, Boone and Rojas have both been a little spotty with their tactical moves with their bullpens. But at the end of the day, if the organization is preaching launch angle, if the organization is preaching, you know, not, you know, not hitting and running, not being aggressive on the base pass, you know, especially teams like the Mets who don't have, you know, the best talent in the world, you know, you got to do a lot of those little things to win tight ball games. And I don't see the Mets or the Yankees doing those things, Kev. And it really shows itself in the postseason. I mean, that's when you really see it because the pitching more precise. But I do agree. I do agree with Jack that they do need a pitcher. I'd love to see them. You know, the guy I like is John Gray, you know, from, from the Rockies. And I don't know if he's been traded since we've started talking. You know, I don't know if there's been any trades. Kyle Gibson's a good one, too. He just gets people out. But um, the, the problem I have with the Mets, and this, this may upset some people, too, but I think the owners – We've, we've gone from one, one, one end of the spectrum to the other. We went from the Wilpons, who everybody hated, to this guy now, who everybody loves, but he's too involved. Steve Cohen's too involved. He shouldn't be having dinners with different players all the time. You know, I'm, I'm hearing that Lindor is like, you know, he, he's best buddies with Lindor, and Lindor is like, you know, if I'm a manager, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to know that my players are going, not that they're going behind their back because they're invited to a dinner, uh, but but I don't want my players like, make, giving uh, comments to the owner. I want the owners to be friendly with the players and be around. That's fine. But I don't want him in the decision-making. And I don't care if you've been a lifelong fan. I don't want that. Uh, Steinbrenner, to a certain degree, was a different guy. But this guy getting involved, I think, is too much. Now, I hope they don't have to run everything by him now, and uh, with Zach Scott and, and Sandy. And I've known Sandy forever. Um, uh, the worst mistake they can make, fellas, is the worst, in my mind, is count on the guys who aren't here and count on them coming back. Carrasco, for example, he's had everything under the sun. So, so we'll see if he can come back and, and be okay. Uh, Syndergaard, to rely on Syndergaard again is a big mistake. I was at the, 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 the start, uh, one of his starts down in Palm Beach, and, you know, he, he just, he, he's still, to me, uh, he's too mechanical. There's no flow there. And uh, so, you know, he may come back, he may be better, but it, it's not there yet. Strongman to me is an overachiever. So I don't see him as an ace type either. 
So it's, there's a lot of issues there. And, and Diaz, the other thing that scares me about Diaz has got electric stuff, no doubt about it, as a closer. But sometimes he gets so wacky closing that, you know, like he, like I think he said the other day that he, you know, Lindor, it help, helps when Lindor is there because it pumps him up and keeps, gives him confidence. He, um, you know, Mariano Rivera was a very special cat, but, uh, you know, he's not looking to get confidence in somebody else. He's got, he's got to have, Diaz has shut down stuff. He's got to be mentally tougher than what he's, that he's been. And I, I think the, I think the Mets are sometimes, and I'm seeing this across the board in baseball, and you can disagree with me if you want. They're so worried now about sequencing, fooling the hitter, just challenge guys and beat them challenging. That's one of the big problems that Garrett Cole has over on the other side. He will not challenge guys, and when he does, it's at the wrong time, and he, and he overtries it, and it's, it's right down the middle. Um, so I don't see enough of, of just, you know, manning up, for lack of a better uh, term. When I said that the Mets, it's not that I don't think they need hitting. It's that I don't even think they can get the hitting that they need. I well, probably didn't say I, that. I didn't say that when I said it, but because w- when you when the Mets make a move, they need to get a guy who doesn't need any help. A guy who's already a bona fide star. A guy who's not going to fold under the pressure. A guy who's going to come in and just do his job. And there's just not that. That guy would have been Adam Frazier. Uh, he went to the, the Padres. That might have been the best move of the deadline. That was a great pickup. I agree with you there. Yep. Tearing it up in the league right now. And apparently they are close to getting Scherzer right now. If the Padres are going to come out of this deadline with Matt oh Scherzer God. and Adam Frazier, I mean, that's just – that's they're, they are loading up for uh, – Well, you know, they're Jeff GM, A.J. Preller. He's been, he's been, he's been dying. He's, he's like uh, Jerry DePoto who knows what he's doing. You know, he's got to always be in the mix there because the Poto's messed up the Mariners again with his trade. But don't forget, the, the and again, I spent 10 years in San Diego, fellas. I know that fan base better than anybody. They are phenomenal fans there. Probably the best fans I've seen in both football and baseball. They just love their teams. They back them. And, and those fans deserve, you know, Ron Fowler, the owner, I was talking to him a few years ago up at Cooperstown and his wife who were at a party for Trevor Hoffman. And... Um, and I told him, I said, you guys sure know how to throw a good party. He goes, yeah, if we can only win a playoff game someday. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so, so, so the Padres, and that's where they, they have that desperation factor. You know, so I, I think, and, and, and my man, Scott Boris, who I've known forever, you know, he's got his season tickets down there to Petco and all the other uh, Southern California places. And, you know, he, he basically directs traffic where his guys go. I mean, and, and that's a great spot for him um, uh, with the other, you know, they've had some pitching setbacks uh, physically and, you know, everybody said when they got you Darvish, they were going to be great, but you, you doesn't do well in the playoffs. I don't know what happens there. Something happens there. And uh, so Scherzer would be the kind of guy. I don't think anything's a lock, no matter who you get, but again, what's going to happen. Eventually the Mets are going to run into one of these teams in the playoffs. And, and that's, the way the Mets are constructed right now, they got no chance against those teams at this point. Look, I, I totally agree, Kev. I, and I'm worried about, I mean, last night's uh, win was great, but, you know, uh, you know, it's less than 24 hours later and they uh, lose another disappointing game. They The Braves are under 500. They're missing their best player. They're missing their best pitcher. And we still, you know, the Mets still lost, you know, three of five to a team that is barely hanging on. 
And, you know, that's, that's not a good sign for a team that, you know, I don't, you know, for me, I didn't expect the Mets to be able to win right away. I didn't have that expectation. I did, I did pick them to win the East, but I thought it was going to be, uh, you know, a war of attrition. You know, I thought the Phillies were going to be good. I am super surprised by how poor the Marlins have played this year. Uh, I really didn't have a, um, you know, a fix on the Nationals. I didn't expect them to struggle as much. Uh, and then, you know, you look at the Phillies, you know, when you have Joe Girardi as your manager, I always feel like you have a shot. You know, uh, I'm surprised at how poorly the rest of the division is played. But let's be honest, the Mets, you know, they keep, I mean, look, they're very lucky to be four games up right now. Let's be honest. They're very lucky. Uh, but, you know, they have another couple of games like they did against the Braves. And maybe the Braves are their Achilles heel. But they're not going to eat. If they lose the division lead in this in this terrible division right now, I, I I don't know if they can get their way out of it. I really don't see it. I I still see them winning the division, and, and real briefly in the division itself, the Phillies are still a mess because even though Girardi and Dombrowski are there, the nerds that were behind are still that were left behind are still in in important positions. And it's my understanding from people I've talked to that the minor league system's a mess, player development's a mess. So they're not getting that kind of help. Didi, Didi also has gone downhill quickly. That's kind of scary. So I don't see the Phillies bouncing back. Uh, but if they do bounce back, uh, you know, then the Mets would – this, this, to me, this would be worse than, than well, it was 07 and the other years because there's no excuses here. The Braves are so they're, – they're injured, but they're also so analytically driven. You know the Braves have that great infield? The Braves don't play their guys at double play depth most of the time in situations because they'd rather play in in um, in um, they'd rather play in shifts, uh, and that's why I think they're dead last in double plays with that great infield. That 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 infield should be leading the league in double plays. So the Braves have an analytical problem, you know, and and so everybody's got a problem in that division. I still think the Mets will win that division, but I would like to see them challenge themselves a little bit. It's almost too much. And it's too much of a game for the Mets this year. Like, you know, we got the horse thing. We got the, you know, the Lindor thing with the uh, the fight in the dugout with McNeil that uh, whatever he said, he said, you know, you know, lying right off the bat to the media. I don't know how the media accepted that in New York. Good thing I wasn't there for that one. And um, I'll tell you what, but so there's always something else going on with the Mets. Why don't they just put their focus on winning games, being quiet and just rolling through some victories. And that's how they establish themselves as the team to beat in that division. The move for me that really confused me at the deadline was the Yankees going out and get Joey Gallo. <laughs> I mean, as I like Joey Gallo. He's a great player. But how many big guys, big arm, big bat, like you got like three of those guys already. Yeah. You, you need a – Adam Frazier is the most missed out of player in New York this year because either oh. team used them and the Yankees are going to go out and get a nut. Like they just needed a center fielder and a contact bat. Cause again, you, you said all the stats before they don't play small ball at all. All they do is go for home runs and Adam Frazier would have been perfect for that team. So I just don't, I don't understand it. No, that's a great, great point. And, and that's a point I've been trying to hammer home. they and they've actually been playing better with some of the guys they brought up with the speedster and, and some other people because they have a more balanced lineup. But, you know, 
it's an old saying, but the definition of insanity is just repeating the same thing you do over and over again. And all the, the only difference in Joey Gallo is he happens to be lefty. He's, he's hitting 200 runners in scoring position. Another big swing strikeout guy. Uh, you know, starting Marte would have been the move to make and Frazier and something like that. That, 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 that would have been really interesting. Um, I wrote about it today, and um, Yankee fans should read this. It, it's, it's actually a good thing for the Yankees. Everybody's asking for Anthony Volpe, the infielder from Del Barton from New Jersey. Uh, he, he's 20 years old, he, and he, he's a winner. And the Yankees, to their credit, are not giving him up. So I hope they get through the week without trading him for Trevor Story. Because um, that's what it would take to get Trevor Story. So so the Yankees always do things piecemeal. So I'm waiting for the week to end because you can just tell that Cashman have a, has another move. And my guess is it's in the, it's to bring Story in. Because no, the, the Rockies need to get rid of Story. Uh, I know they're talking about they can keep him and get the qualifying offer and all that stuff in the draft pick. But I, I, I think if... If they can get the players they want, uh, and they've been all over the Yankee system, you could see that trade made. And I've said it for years, fellas. Labor Torres is not a shortstop. That was a mistake. Yeah, but again, in the nerd, the Yankees, when Stick Michael died, Stick Michael had the influence, the scout influence with Hal Steinbrenner. That was lost when Stick passed away. Then it became Brian Cashman's show to run entirely. Brian is all in to the 10th degree on analytics. And it's showing in some reason. He actually thinks, to answer your question, Jack, I think he just thinks that they can outslug everybody. And they're looking at that one game now. They know they can't win a division. So they're looking at that. If they can get to the playoffs, it's that uh, wild card game. And they're hoping that, uh, you know, that uh, that they, they, they find thunder in, in Joe Gallo's bat in that game. And that's the difference maker in getting past the first round or the wild card round. Kevin, that's a great point about G. Michael. You know, I've been saying that as well. Uh, he was a guy that had the respect of everyone in the game uh, because he knew the numbers. You know, this wasn't a guy. I mean, I, as I wrote in my book, Kev, he, he talked about Moneyball. He didn't talk about Moneyball. He just he just he valued the things that people value, uh, sure. you know, you know, with on base percentage. But it, it's not that he devalued RBIs. He didn't devalue line drives. He didn't devalue you know, being complete ball player, he was just very good at scouting guys who did everything. Let's be honest. He was also very good at self-evaluating the people in his own system. You know, he was the one, he was the voice of reason when they wanted to trade Mariano Rivera. You know, he was the voice of reason when, you know, when they wanted to get rid of Andy Pettit. Um, and, and that is a skill that we don't talk about enough, I don't think, as, as baseball writers. We don't. Uh, well, well, we do, but I don't think in this in the in the industry, people are so uh, worried about including things like you know little WRC plus in their assessments of players, rather than just you know, yeah, you need numbers. Numbers are important. They've always been part of the game. But which numbers are we concentrating on? Because we're not concentrating on W's. We're not concentrating on the results. Process is great. But at the end of the day, process doesn't matter if the results are not there. And I think that you, you make a great point when you talk about G. Michael. Would you agree that a guy like Damon Oppenheimer has the potential to be that kind of a G. Michael uh, type of figure in the Yankee organization. I mean, I love Damon. I've always felt that he, 
uh, came more from that background. I don't really look at Damon as a, um, a guy that is totally, uh, you know, numbers driven and is Cashman just not listening uh, to Damon right now. Uh, that's a good point too. And uh, let's keep, and that, this is why you guys have me on a show like this. Uh, let's dig a little deeper. Damon's mom is Priscilla Oppenheimer. She was the, the, the Padres basically farm, farm director when I was there. She, she was way ahead of her time. She was, um, she was in charge of all the players and every player that came through that farm system looked at her as someone who helped guide them to get to where they needed to go. So my point is Damon comes from a baseball family and his mom was a great judge of character. Damon's a good judge. And with Volpe, it's a great point that because Volpe, I had a scout tell me his most important stat, there's only one stat that really matters to this kid and that's the winning, winning stat. And that's why I, this could be one of uh, Damon's best, best picks, but going a little deeper, uh, Cashman has guys like a stick, Michael, they don't have the same kind of cred, but Tim Nering has been around forever. Tim Nering is deeply respected in the scouting community, but he basically, uh, the guys like Nering and some other people, they just became just another voice in the room and not a guiding voice for Cashman. So I think, uh, I think, uh, I think Cashman lets Damon run run the uh, scouting end of it, and um, just one thing I know I know Yankee fans get upset by this, but if only the Angels weren't on Mike Trout, because I know for a fact I was covering a lot with the Yankees back then, and they were all over Trout. The Yankees were ready to grab Trout. The Angels went before them, of course, and got him uh, because they they had a connection with uh, someone who played with the father, and uh, they, so they knew. So could you imagine? If Damon had come away with Mike Trout, everything would have been different because then he would have got, you know, he would have moved up. Never really got a chance to be a GM like Billy Epler did for some reason. Billy's a nice guy, but, uh, you know, he, he, he was with the Angels all those years, never really made a change. So, so the Yankees have some situations there where they got to uh, they got to really start looking in the mirror on some of the moves they make. And we'll see what happens. This, to me, this is a make or break uh, trade uh, time for, for Brian. If, if, if it comes through, and he survives because uh, the stat I always use since 2003, the Yankees have won as many World Series as the Marlins. One. And to, I mean, I'm going to be honest, I just don't see them coming away with a playoff berth. I, I just, they would have to catch the Athletics or the Mariners. And the pitching just isn't there. The hitting hasn't been there. And if they're, if they're not scoring runs and they're giving up eight runs, they're giving up 14 runs today. Like, I a Garrett Cole start today, too. So yeah, his last two starts, you know, have been really uh, troublesome. And you're right about the A's. The A's sneaking there. See, uh, Billy Bean is someone Brian's always admired. And Billy always seems to find a way to sneak in there. Now, they don't go far, but they seem to make it there. And uh, their, their pickup of Marte was pretty good for them, and, and we'll see where it goes. Yeah. And that, that had to just hurt today, watching your best pitcher give up all those runs right as the dead, like, it's just. And, well, Jack, one, one thing I want to say is I watched that first inning. He gave up a three-run home and also medal on a loopy curveball. He's again, he's not challenging. Later on, I, I, I happen to have the game on because I was doing some stuff around the house and he strikes him out with a 99 fastball 
up and in. Where was that in the first inning? You know, so again, it gets back. They have a high school, uh, Matt Blake is their pitching coach. And, you know, he basically came out of high school. So he was with the Indians and stuff. But he's got that whole sequencing thing going on, too. And um, I, I think that's a problem, too, for Cole. Cole needs to just, uh, he, need, he needs to just uh, rear back and fire. Because yeah, I've seen him give up too many home runs on hanging curveballs. Oh, just all right off the plate. Five, absolutely. You know, the other thing, too, Kev, and you bring up Matt Blake, you know, uh, you know, the, 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 the Mets hire Jer- Jeremy Hefner. And, you know, it just seems that teams mm-hmm. are not hiring. You know, Hefner is not I don't put Hefner in the same on the same level as Blake. But right. I do know but I do know that, you know, Hefner pitched in the big leagues. But, you know, the Mets had an opportunity to have Frank Viola be their pitching coach. And I, I, you know what I'm saying? And he was so good. I mean, I, I, I had the opportunity to interview him. I interviewed Wally Backman a bunch of times when he was managing in the Mets system. I, you know, I've known Wally. I know you know Wally for a long time. And, you know, the, the Mets just got themselves in this situation where it seems they'd rather have, you know, and, and I know this is a symptom in baseball, but I don't think New York teams should ever follow anybody else. I think New York teams have the wherewithal especially now that the Wilpons are not around, um, you know, they have the wherewithal and they have the ability to not do what everybody else is doing. You know, I mean, you know, look at all the teams that follow analytics that have these Ivy league GMs and they hire, you know, these young guys who are order takers. Let's be honest. I mean, how many managers uh, in baseball today are like Tony La Russa or Dusty Baker? And I think even Dusty uh, has to follow a script whenever he's managing a ball game. So you would think that the teams in New York with the money that they have and the ability to make mistakes and the ability to, you know, to, to kind of set the tone why they're following everybody else and not leading the way and bringing baseball back to the kind of game that you and I grew up with. And, you know, it's one of those situations where I, I, I don't see how it's going to change anytime soon. Well, and they also should be using their New York connections. Let me piggyback on what you said there. Frank Viola would have been a great choice. First of all, he knows the city. He knows how to deal with it. He knows how to deal with people. He'd be no nonsense. You know, Dave Island was no nonsense. I thought Dave was a very good pitching coach. Go back, let's go back to Rick Peterson. He won with that slot that they gave him. And nobody had a, nobody had a Tommy John with Rick Peterson, you know? So yep. they've, gone yep. back in their, they've gone backwards in their pitching coaches. And let me throw this at you because you make the great point about Viola. The two pitching coaches in New York should be Frank Viola should be the they should be legacy guys. Frank yeah. Viola should be the Mets pitching coach, and the guy who's broadcasting the Yankee games, David Cohn, should be the Yankees pitching coach. Oh, uh, he would be no brainer. And you can yeah, tell be great. he's begging for the job when he's talking about it all the time. He's showing that he can he can bridge two worlds. He can bridge the analytic world and the real world of pitching, and, and, and with his knowledge of the game, you know, when you listen to him do the games, it's like. You know, how do the Yankees not see this? But I think it gets back to control. People want to control certain people. And nothing has happened. He's a, he's a nice guy. Uh, two Tommy Johns, though. I, I'm, I'm staying away from guys who had two Tommy Johns. I don't care. You know, I, I hate to be so blunt. But, uh, you know, that uh, again, Rick Peterson had his faults, but his guy, there was never Tommy John surgeries. So, 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 so that's a major problem. 
If Viola and Cone were the two pitching coaches in New York, we'd be looking at two very different teams right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this at you. Since we're in the beginning of this, I also said that there's no more hitting available for the Mets. And that's a, I would say it's true to an extent because I don't know if they're going to pull the trigger on a guy like Trevor Story. But there has been, I wouldn't say, there has been rumors of maybe the Mets pulling a Trevor Story and John Gray and then just giving the Rockies what they want for that. And I don't know if I'd be mad at that. No, that'd be a good move. I would love to see that. And because um, um, I think I, I, I do want to say this. I want, want to make sure that story is healthy. I've seen some throws from him this year that concern me, but that could just be maybe he was dealing with an injury at the time. You never know with these guys. Plus, with the, uh, the Manford baseball, anything's possible with certain throws. I mean, you might not have you might get one of those balls. that's all slick, has no seams and it just, you know, it just slips right out of your hands. But if Story's healthy, he's a, he's, a, he's a dynamic winning type player, and, and Gray would help the pitching staff. So that, that's, that's two pluses right there. And I also think you need you – need, uh, then you can use, like, McNeil as more of a floater type of thing, you know. And, and I think you need a, a stronger voice in the infield to go with Lindor so it's not just Lindor's voice that's dominating, you know. And uh, so I, I would like to see – I would like to see Trevor Story there or, or with the Yankees. Either one of them would be a great move. And here's another name just for hitting, though, and uh, Charlie Blackman. You know, he's probably available, too. I know he's up in age a little bit, but, he, you know, he plays hard. He does some things right. So uh, he could be a, a pretty good pickup. What's interesting is both with the Yankees and the Mets, when they brought in those, like, 25th-type players, those kind of players came in this year and gave energy and the teams played better about, around the Billy McKinney's and the Greg Allen-type guys and uh, – I think that, that, that tells me something as well, that there could be a little more leadership from within from the guys who are starting. So it's a lot to unpack there, but, the, you know, that's the great thing about baseball. We could talk about, you know, all these little things all the way, because there's no way in the world that the Mets shouldn't be 10 games in front in that division right now, even with the DeGrom situation. And because the way that the Phillies have imploded, the injuries and, 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 and the Marlins, we didn't get to the Marlins, but I thought the Marlins would be better this year too. But, you know, this is another example of short season. Those pitchers were a little bit overrated. They, and I knew they didn't have enough hitting. And uh, that's where you get, that's where the Marlins are. The Marlins, the Marlins have really got to, they got to, Derek Jeter's got to do a little bit better job of getting, you know, more, more hitters in that organization and not over-evaluating his pitchers. No, there's no question, Kev. And, and, but the thing is, I think that when we're talking about the Mets and the Yankees, and really more so the Mets, because I think the Yankees have a harder road uh, ahead of them. And, you know, uh, when did, and he, here's the other thing, you know, forget I'm going to uh, forget about the Mets for a second. I just thought of this because I was thinking about this the other day. And, you know, when I, when I think about, you know, and, 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 you, and you and I, you and I met really for the first time, if you remember, uh, during that long rain delay, uh, when the uh, Yankees were closed, you know, the last opening day at the old Yankee Stadium. And that was the first time you and I, we sat down, we were a couple to a, talking to a couple of firefighters, and we had a great night. And we were there for a couple of hours waiting for the Yankees to decide whether or not they were going to play that night. And they wound up bringing it out. But, uh, 
what happened to World Series winning title or bust for the Yankees? When did it become okay? And I know I know when it became okay when when Big Stein passed away, George Steinbrenner, but um, and even Hank, Hank had a lot of that. Uh, you know, he he died too young. Hank had a lot of that. Let's win the World Series, otherwise, what are we talking about? But it seems the Yankees over the last few years, every time you bring up the fact that they haven't won a World Series, we'll say, "Well, we won a hundred games. Oh, we oh we, uh, we we were in the wild card, or we were in." First of all, they haven't been back into the ALCS since they let go of Joe Girardi, and they haven't won a World Series since two thousand and nine. Since when? Did just showing up there, but uh, 